Well, during this Advent season, we have been looking at the miracles surrounding that very first Christmas. And today, on Christmas Eve, I want us to look again at what C.S. Lewis calls the grand miracle. The miracle that has changed my life, the miracle that has really changed the entire world, the miracle of God becoming man and entering into our world in the person of Jesus Christ. And we find a beautiful account of this miracle that very first Christmas in Luke's gospel. And in the second chapter there, he writes these beautiful words that many of you are familiar with. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying In a manger, and suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Now, I don't know about you, but I've I've read this story. I've, I've heard it sung. I've seen it depicted in movies hundreds and hundreds of times throughout my lifetime. But this Christmas, in the midst of everything that we've experienced, reading it again, I've been drawn to the to the fact that really that, that very first Christmas took place in the midst of circumstances that were a little less than ideal. And now sometimes we kind of forget this fact because we have beautiful nativity scenes that, that have characters that are painted with bright colors and we decorate things with lights. But, but when we look at what Luke actually tells us happened some 2,000 years ago, we learn that, that it, it wasn't how we actually often imagine it. 
we learn that things really began in the ninth month of Mary's pregnancy in the town of Nazareth when Roman soldiers came into town and said, look, everybody's going to have to scatter. You're going to have to go to the hometown of the the leader of your household because the emperor has declared a a census to take place so that we can tax you more. Mary and Joseph were, were Jews living in an area being oppressed by Romans who were occupying this territory. And, and you know what they did? They did what they had to do. They began to set out on the journey nine months pregnant. And this journey wouldn't have been easy. It was approximately 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And it's likely that they traveled on foot. And as they were traveling, they were traveling at least for Mary, to a largely unknown city, to an unknown place to rest and possibly give birth to this child. And she didn't know if there would be midwives or other people to help her once they got there. And you saw earlier, my wife and I, we have an 11-month-old son. So last year about this time, we were welcoming him into the world, and so I can, you know, try and put myself in Joseph's shoes and think about what they might have been feeling as, as a couple, the nervousness, the anxiety, the uncertainty of it all. I mean, when you're, when you're, you're you know, that close to giving birth, the last thing you want to do is go away from your home. The last thing you want is surprises, but they were surprised with this journey, and they went, and when they got there, they had another surprise. There wasn't any room in Joseph rel- Joseph's relatives' homes. There wasn't guest rooms available in other people's homes, so where did they end up? They ended up in a stable, and there in that stable where animals ate, where animals slept, and where animals used the bathroom, it was there. It was there that the greatest miracle that the world has ever known took place. God became flesh. Mary gave birth to her son, Jesus the Christ. And because they were in a stable, there wasn't a bed or really a proper place to put him, so she laid him in swaddling cloths in a manger, a feeding trough that was really fit for animals. See, when it comes down to it, when God chose to enter into our world, he entered into a mess. A lot of times we, we try to sanitize it. A lot of times we, we try to clean it up, but, but that's the reality. It was a mess of a room it was a very messy situation. It was messy politically at the time, but, but that's the world God entered into. And if you think about the characters that, that are playing parts in this story, I mean, they don't exactly have it all put together either. I mean, Mary at this point, she's still a young, unwed mother. Joseph, who, who's standing by her side now, just a few months before, was planning to divorce her, and then you have these other guests who show up unannounced, right? That's the last thing you want after you've given birth, unannounced guests. They show up, and they are literally messy and dirty because they've been working with animals all night, and they say, hey, Mary, I'm sure they ask, can we hold this baby? Can we hold this baby the angels told us about, who is the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, this baby who has brought good news of great joy, to all people. And and, and, you know, to you and and to me, 
God entering into the world in the midst of this mess, I mean, it seems for us less than ideal because it's not the way we would have written it. It's not the way we would have planned it, but this was actually God's plan all along. Paul, in the fourth chapter, in his letter to the church in Galatia, he he writes this. He says, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And, And I love this phrase he uses, when the right time came. Some translations say, in the fullness of time, at just the right moment, He chose, God performed his greatest and grandest miracle yet. God, the one who created every single person in his image, was born in the backwoods town of Bethlehem. God, the one who created the cosmos, was laid in a manger. God, the ruler of every nation, tribe, every group of people that have ever lived was born to a young couple who were a million miles away from royalty. And reading this story leads us to the the question, why? I mean, why would God do this? Why would God perform this miracle? Why would the author of the story step into the story? And, And the answer, I think quite simply, is love. It's love. It was his love for you and for me, for every person who's lived before us and for every person who will live after us. God loved us so much that he entered into our messy world so that he could fix what we had broken because he knew that we didn't have the power and the ability to fix it ourselves. I mean, think about it. If we had the ability to to repair, to fix the broken relationship between us and God due to our sin. I mean, we, we would have done that a long time ago. If we had the ability to, to fix the relationships that, that countries have between one another, that, that people have between one another, the bad blood and broken relationships, if we had the ability to fix that, right, we, we would do it. If we could, could forgive our own sins, if we could fight against injustices and correct all of them on our own, if we could get rid of all of the darkness, we would do it. But God knew that we didn't have the power and ability to do it ourselves. So he said, I'm gonna come do for you what you can't do. And so he arrived. He arrived as a baby and he grew up. And he lived a, a perfect life showing us how we should live. He inaugurated a new kingdom, bringing the kingdom of heaven here to the earth. He died for our sins. He rose again, defeating sin, defeating darkness, defeating death. He did all of this so that we could be reconciled, put in a right relationship with him and with one another. That's why God came. He came out of love so that we could experience his love. But but that still doesn't really explain why he came in this way. I mean, why come 
born as a baby in a manger in a feeding trough? Why come to to this young couple who didn't really know what they were doing instead of born into the family of a king and a queen? Why why call, call shepherds to the birth to announce it to people instead of dignitaries if you really wanted it spread near and far? Why was the sign for the shepherds that a baby was lying in a manger? I think the answer to that question is that from his very first moments in this world, God in the person of Jesus Christ wanted to send a signal about the types of people that he came for and about the types of people that he was identifying with. He was letting the world know the poor, the homeless, the downtrodden, the outcast. The sinners, those who were pushed to the edges of society, the oppressed, the broken, the sinful people who had messy lives and who didn't have it all figured out or all put together, didn't have the dream life. He was saying, look, I've, I've come for people like that. I've come for people whose lives had a plan and the plan went off track. I've come for people whose lives have been broken. I've come for people whose lives look far, far from perfect. And you know what? In the midst of the year that you and I have experienced, I find that to be very good news. I find it to be good news that that God has come for people like you and like me who don't really have it all together. It's good news that, that God has chosen to to enter into a messy world and really to enter into the messy worlds of of my world and your world today because it means that that we don't have to perform and and try to earn his love or get his approval or or clean ourselves up before he arrives. It means that we don't have to hide because of our, our guilt and our shame about what we've done or not done because we don't have to be afraid if he's if he's gonna come for us or enter our lives or not, it's, it's good news because it means that, that if God was willing to be born vulnerable in the midst of that mess, it means that he's willing to step into the mess of our lives as well. And so I, I know this Christmas, you know, maybe some of you right now, you're, you're gathered around a fireplace and the, the stockings are hung by the chimney with care and hopes that St. Nick will soon be there. I know that that's some of you, but I know some of you, your, your house is a mess right now. It, it, it's a wreck and nothing, nothing's ready for Christmas. I know some of you have, have lots of, uh, of gifts and they're all wrapped with beautiful bows. And, and some of you, you know, there's not as many gifts this year because of the economic hardship. I know some of you have a, a lot of family and others of you have a, a table that's there with an empty chair this year because a loved one you've lost or maybe you don't have any family around you this this Christmas I know that this Christmas for many of us is less than ideal it might look like a bit of a mess but the good news of Christmas is that God meets us in the midst of our mess He meets us and he says, once again, I love you. I came in this world for you. I gave my very life for you. 
so that you might know true life and you might know my light that I desire to live in you. This Christmas, I want you to know God isn't afraid of the mess around you or maybe the mess inside of you because God does his greatest miracles in the midst of messes. So would you bow your heads and, and pray with me? God, we, we thank you that you have not left us alone in this world. We thank you that you have, have come in the person of Jesus out of love for us. God, help us not to hide from you. Help us not to run from you or feel like we have to perform for you. God, help us to simply receive you into our lives no matter what they look like once again this year. Thank you, God, for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the gift of Christmas. Amen. One of the things I'm gonna miss most about this Christmas is not being able to gather with you and church family here at the church and light our candles together and raise them and sing Silent Night. But in your own way, I hope at home, maybe with an additional candle, you can, you can find one and, and now take it and light it from the Christ candle and share that light with others in the room. And as, as we do so, we remember that no matter how we've gathered together today, the light and life of Christ binds us all as one. And so we invite you to, to hold this light in front of you as a sign and symbol of Jesus's presence with us and sing our closing song together. Holy night
heavenly hall sing alleluia Christ the Savior is born Christ the Savior